peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another episode of the Softly Performance Podcast. I'm really excited because I'm actually here all by myself without George and Chris, and we are going to dive into an episode with Miss Clarissa. She is an integrative and functional medicine health coach, and we're going to talk about some different topics related to integrative and functional medicine, and we're going to talk a little bit about women's health, and I think this is a really important episode for both women and for men to hear. Um, for your wives, your daughters, your mothers, um, a different perspective. So I'm really excited. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So I want to hear a little bit about what you do as an integrative and functional medicine health coach. Because a lot of people, I probably don't even understand the term, maybe integrative and functional medicine. Yeah, that's very true. And it's often, you know, not as cut and dry as it sounds. Um, there are so many different facets to functional medicine and integrative healthcare, And, you know, the beautiful part is, is that we, we see, we acknowledge that everything is related, the whole body, the whole system. Um, it's all related and that it's not just one isolated thing that creates maybe an imbalance. Right. And so we don't get stuck um, in that rabbit hole of really linear thinking. It's much more broad thinking. It's um, we connect the dots basically in a person's health. And I love that. I've always just intuitively felt like that was the way. And um, when I found integrative medicine and functional medicine, it just made so much sense to me. I grew up in a very conventional, traditional healthcare environment. My father is a critical care pulmonologist. Oh, wow. My uncle is an ophthalmologist. My grandfather owned a pharmacy and was a pharmacist. My nanny was a nurse. My other uncle's a gastroenterologist, like the whole family. The whole family. So I was always um, seen as, you know, the black sheep pretty much, right? Always kind of going off the path. I remember being a young kid and going into Duke Hospital and always feeling extremely uncomfortable, feeling like it shouldn't smell like this in here. <laughs> like That's this so doesn't true. make any sense. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, it made less and less sense the way that our country has been approaching healthcare. Um, I love functional medicine because it's it's the language that I speak of. Let's get to the root of the problem, right? Let's not get sidetracked by the symptom, mm -hmm. but what created that symptom, and what can we do to create balance in the body? And I think that we've been led to believe that if there isn't balance in the body, that's kind of normal. And that's not true. It's the big lie that we're it's told. It's the huge lie, right? And this is where my yoga practice, I really feel, is integrated in the work I do. I believe we're whole and complete, right? Even when we're at our darkest hour, mm -hmm. even when we're in our deepest illness, we're still whole and complete. We've just kind of gotten off the track. And so functional medicine helps us get back in alignment, back on the track, and back allowing the body system to do what it innately knows to do, which is to be whole and complete. Right. I think so many times with 
the traditional medicine we're used to in the United States, they're treating a symptom without even finding the root cause. And a lot of the times it's like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole and you're never act. Then you just keep stacking medicine on medicine for all the other symptoms it creates. And you're still not understanding why there's this imbalance in the first place. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we would be remiss to not agree that we do have, when it comes to critical care, the best healthcare system in the world, right? We're really good at critical things, right? You get hit by a bus, you need surgery, you want a surgeon, right? Right? You want to be admitted to the hospital, you want a good surgeon, you want a good ana- anesthesiologist, you want people that understand how to put you back together. But conventional medicine is not really good, in my experience, um, at treating just day-to-day common things like inflammation, mm-hmm. right, leaky gut, right, which is intestinal permeability, uh, food sensitivities, migraines, headaches, uh, aches and pains. We do. We tend to slap a Band-Aid on it. Here, take this, mm-hmm. and let's suppress these symptoms and let's suppress your, your immunity, so to speak, and it just is, then becomes this ripple effect of all these other problems start springing up. Absolutely. Right? It's like putting a – having a leak in a large pipe and saying, well, I'm just going to put some black uh, plumbing tape around it for a little while. And let's see how long this this holds. It will work for a little while. But, but eventually – that's not a long-term no, solution. It's not a long-term solution. And our – you know, the healthcare in this country, the state of our nation, it's showing that it's not a solution at all. And I think we've, we're closer than we've ever been to really having people say, this isn't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, this, is, this is broken. This is wrong. This is, I've done everything conventionally that you've asked me to do when they go to the doctor and they're still sick and they're saying, I need another solution. I need another way. There's got to be a better way. That was me about a year ago uh, is when I hit my limit. And I'd always, I guess it stems further back. I had this awesome neurologist. I'd started getting really bad migraines. They called cluster headaches, um, which really was the result of concussions and ultimately poor lifestyle habits and eating. And that's how I got into nutrition is I had this awesome neurologist. And I said, I don't want to take medicine for migraines because I started looking at what they were trying to give me. It was anti-seizure medicine for epilepsy, essentially, that they were trying to tell me would help a migraine. And I was like, I don't know about this. So she helped me with my diet and she helped me with vitamin supplementation and I was fine. And I just changed my lifestyle and my eating and I didn't need my supplements anymore. But that's how I actually got into nutrition. It's awesome. But a year ago is when I decided I was totally done with this traditional way of thinking because I went in for my yearly physical and I'd been having serious gut health issues, absolutely inflamed abdominal pain, um, extreme constipation. And she went in, did all these testings. Well, your labs are perfect. All the numbers, you know, the traditional blood labs, they're great. Cholesterol is great. Like you're good to go. Like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you something's wrong. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm a dietitian. And she said, well, I think you have IBS and I can prescribe this, this, and this. Again, don't want medicine. I'm thinking about doing something more along the lines of an elimination diet talking and trying to dive into some of my triggers and food and sensitivities. 
well, you could try that. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it on my own and I'm going to try it. And since I'm a dietitian, I, you know, felt comfortable doing that myself. So I walked out of that office and I have not walked back in to a traditional medicine office. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people probably have gut issues and they think this is normal and it's not. I see that every day. Like you don't have to live like that. Well, and you get so used to that's your norm. Mm-hmm. That's your baseline that you get sucked into that cycle. And once you're in it and life is just happening around you and you're just rolling with it. Yeah. You think that, yeah, this is how I'm supposed to feel. Or my favorite is, well, I'm 40 now. I'm supposed to. Right. Or I'm going to be whatever age now I'm supposed to feel like this. And yeah, that's not true. It's a complete lie. It's a misconception. And it's, it's one of my most favorite things is to watch someone go from feeling what they thought was normal and totally transforming their health and waking up and their light has this twink, their eyes have this like twinkle in it and they have energy and vitality and they're happy and they're laughing again and they feel like, oh, I have the whole rest of my life to live now. And it's magical. It's and it's available. That's the thing, right? It's like it doesn't matter how far down the scale you've gone, mm-hmm. right? There is a way back. You Absolutely. just have to know how to get back and how to put the body back into balance, right? And it's not as hard as people think. Um, it's also it's never going to be as easy as here, take this pill. But that doesn't work anyway, right? Right. That that doesn't work anyway. And so I love that you fixed yourself. We like to say, you know, at Warrior Wellness Solutions, go and fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Because we do believe it's your personal responsibility, right? Like I can help guide someone with the knowledge that I have or the experience that I have. But at the end of the day, like you got to do it. Do you feel like you see a lot of things related to food and diet as end up being the root causes of issues? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And even more so than food and diet is the stress which then ah, creates mm-hmm. the choice of what the food and diet looks like. It's a right? So cycle. I keep working it back. I work it back, work it back to the last line where I feel like, okay, this is it. And usually as I work it back, work it back, work it back, it's always stress. And for me, um, as a functional medicine health coach, as a 500-hour trained yoga teacher, I'm a Y12SR, yoga of the 12 steps leader. Um, I believe, this is my own personal belief and working with thousands of people, connection is the cure. Connection is the cure, and connection is where all of this stems from. The imbalances that lead us to make the decisions that we're making in our day-to-day life, how we're sleeping, how we're eating, what we're drinking, what we're not drinking, how we're moving, how we're not moving, right? That if you keep pulling back all these layers, that it's all about connection. And a lot of it has to do with the stress. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's always made a lot of sense to me. I think stress management is one of the hardest things to tackle. Well, that's my favorite uh, conversation. Um, I don't know if I don't know if we could actually ever really make stress go away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how good we are at managing stress. But I do know that there are some simple practices that we can do 
that can bring the unbalance in the body that stress, you know, creates through inflammation um, and then through a host of other things and kind of just bring it back into balance, right, with just simple things, deep breathing, right? What's the thing that we can't live without for what? Less than four minutes? Right, breath. Breath. That's vitality. That's life. That is a really, that's potent medicine right there, right? It's what, breath four minutes, uh, water four days, food 40 days. That's wild that food is so long. The body's pretty amazing. Body's super, super amazing. And so I like to work with people on and always talk about like just the basics, the basics can get you so far. Look at what you did. You really didn't do anything that dramatic. It was very simple. It was free, essentially, just to be mindful of what I was eating and figure it out. And for me, my triggers ended up being gluten and dairy, which was hard to come to terms with That's because I'm a beer lover. So I would try to lie to myself in the beginning. And I was like, oh, if I just have a little beer every now and then, it's fine. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. I really need to honor my body and what it's telling me. So I don't do any gluten or dairy. And and it's pretty simple. I, there's really good substitutions out there now, the way food is changing. Um, so if I really, really want some cheese, there's awesome vegan cheeses made from nuts and stuff. So I have options. Would you, how do you feel about gluten as, I feel like that's a hot button topic. I feel like it is too. And I feel like I see so much of it um, at the private practice I work at in Raleigh, um, where gluten is definitely, you know, we're looking at labs. We do food, gold standard food sensitivity testing. And um, gluten just keeps popping, popping, popping. You know, I feel bad for gluten sometimes, like it's totally gotten this bad rap. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's good to stay away from gluten. Um, I don't make blanket statements generally. I think testing is really important. But when you look at what's being sprayed and how, you know, our food supply is being grown and how it's being contaminated, that's the real issue. Right. Right. That this glossfate and Monsanto and all these things that are happening that are really weird, really real are creating this. They're they're definitely attributing to the high level of intestinal permeability we're seeing and the inflammatory response that this is having on the body. So I would, you know, I kind of would love to have a lab run on you mm -hmm. to see like where you were reacting to gluten in the body. I'm curious. And, and I'm how. also, I'm convinced there's other things too. Yeah. Like little thi yeah. little weird things yeah. I haven't fully gotten. So the hardest thing for me to do as a practitioner when people come in to uh, the office and they have done what you've done, right? They're like, I took myself off gluten. I took myself off dairy. I felt better. But I feel like there's more. And um, we have to tell them to do a reintroduction to build up those antibodies again. Oh, no. I need to eat it again? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> it it's just, the worst. I was the most, it was terrible. When I finally reached my end point, I was on a trip in Chicago just trying to enjoy life and food. I'm a total foodie and I just love, love it. And uh, that's all I can think of. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, we do a reintroduction phase for about a week. And then we let those antibodies build for about a month. 
and then we test if someone has pulled them out of their diet and they really want to know. That makes sense. Because we feel like people deserve to know, right? right? Was it really the gluten? Was it really the dairy? And Because I would really like to know if I can have cheese again, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, good quality. You're a foodie. I'm a foodie. Not, you know, the stuff that doesn't even say cheese on the packet. It says slices. <laughs> or like Velveeta. It's yeah. like cheese product. Yeah. That's it's not disgusting. even cheese. What it's even is like, that? Rubber? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's what it looks like and feels like. Yeah. So it, it would be nice to know. And also, you know, even if it was something you pulled out of your diet, but you were out to eat and just to know, oh, this is in this dish, I could still have it. You know, the little nice. th- Yeah. So I really encourage testing. Um, so is that the, uh, which testing? Did so we use Cyrex, okay. which is right now considered the gold standard for food sensitivity testing. It's a blood draw. And um, you can do different levels. Of Cyrex, the 10 shows everything like it's well, not everything, but it shows a good amount of fruits, vegetables, you know, those that's the test we use with people who have really tried everything and they're still feeling under attack by their body. Mm-hmm. Their autoimmunity is still high. And so sometimes, you know, just because it's health food, it might not be for you. Right. I've seen people that react to spinach, that react to watermelon. Nightshades, I feel like, is a popular one. Yeah. I would be really sad if that was one of mine, Mm -hmm. though, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and the beautiful thing is, too, is you heal the gut and anything is possible. Right. So knowing also that there are some things that you might not ever be able to have again, like gluten. But maybe if you're reacting to something else and it's just because your intestinal permeability, you have really bad leaky gut as opposed Mm -hmm. to, yeah, you're starting to show the signs of leaky gut. Um, That reintroduction phase is really fun, too. Right. You pull all these things out, these triggers, you work on the protocol, you heal the gut and then you have that reintroduction phase. And then we really listen to the body because testing is not perfect either. Right. Testing is not perfect either. And I, you know, my doc and I, Dr. Frances Meredith, who I work with, we both really try to always, she is a true, you know, MD scientist. Like, I feel like I'm walking a little brain around all the time, (laughs) Um, like keeping up with her. But, you know, we really try to remember too, testing is fallible. But the body, it does not lie. We have to make sure we are in, you know, the right mind frame and we know what to look for and what to listen to. And that we don't, you know, we're not in denial. We're not making things <laughs> seem the way we want them to be, you know, manipulating the system. Um, but reintroduction is really interesting as well. When I started researching and diving into this stuff, it was very interesting, the connection to between skin conditions and leaky gut. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. These labs, the Cyrax um, and the gluten panels, They'll show, you know, where it is you're reacting through your skin or you're reacting through your brain. Wow. Or, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's where Fran's expertise comes Mm -hmm. in. You know, I come in and figure out ways to make everything that we need to happen, happen, right? To be the genius board for our patients so that no matter what's going on, they can complete their protocol, right? And showing people that they're a lot more resilient than they've ever believed they could be, too. 
Um, did you have any withdrawals emotionally when you gave up? I did. Well, I think the biggest thing I was sad about was beer. I love craft beer. As weird as that sounds. No, it's like the thing, right? It's just one of my favorite things. I love, I love, I don't know. I love going to breweries. I used to brew beer, um, a little bit. And so that to me was the hardest emotional thing. I like, I very much will avoid events now where I know it's like a, like a beer tasting brewery event. I'm like, I'm going to subject myself to that. That that was my hardest, I think. But I've always loved pasta. I was a swimmer growing up and our, our coach would have us like time our plain dry spaghetti that we would eat before races for our sports nutrition. I just loved it and I always have. So, but I think I found really good alternatives when I do crave something like that. I love chickpea pasta. The bonza pasta is one of my favorites. So I'm coming to terms, I think. It's a process. It right? is. I really try to share that with people who, especially, you know, we get caught up even in healing. Oh, if I've got to do it right. And if I don't do it right, then I'm fucked, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't want to keep putting an immune trigger onto an already smoldering fire. Mm-hmm. But I also think it is the process. And when you're talking about changing habits that have been around for a really long time, that it takes time. Right. And there are so many awesome substitutes. You know, pasta is a hard one. My best friend's Italian, first generation. And I used to run a 7,000 square foot high end Italian restaurant. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Tosca. And so pasta was one of the things for me that was it was tough. Um, It I had to really do work on the emotional attachment. Um. Because it's kind of like dairy, mm-hmm. right? That there are certain things that you can substitute that you're like, yeah, I don't miss that. That works. And then there are other things you're like, this does not taste like brie. Exactly. <laughs> I have yet to find a good brie substitute. I don't think yeah, it's going to happen. It's not. <laughs> I do take the lactase enzyme sometimes with dairy. Is that something that you recommend or should you really avoid things if it, you know it's a food trigger? I really think it avoid depends it. what type of food trigger. Right. Is it a trigger because you have leaky gut or is it a trigger because your body truly has a sensitivity to it and you're not going to be able to reintroduce this ever again? Because what you don't want to do is keep creating that immune response in the body, that negative. Right. And so what we do know is that when you have um, this sensitivity, this trigger and you say, well, I'm just going to have this one little half ounce of cheese. It's only half an ounce. Your body doesn't know whether it's an ounce or half an ounce. It just knows I'm under attack and everything starts again. And that takes about three months. Oh, Mm -hmm. is it the same way with gluten? Even if it's just a trace, I made the gluten soy sauce mistake recently. I was out to eat and I didn't think about it. And I was just with my friends and having a good time and I was wondering if it was like, oh, maybe it was just a little bit. I'll be fine. But the body recognizes it as the same thing. We call that being glutened. (laughs) (laughs) I got glutened. That's funny. Yeah. 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 So do you use coconut aminos generally? I do. Or I just try to pay attention to fine soys. But I like the coconut aminos. I like the. It's a little different taste profile, but I like it. I like it a lot. I got Trader Joe's. They've got good stuff there. So is the end goal... What is the end goal, I guess, for someone who has these type of intolerance and sensitivities? Are there certain things you can reintroduce and almost rebuild 
And so it doesn't cause gut impermeability? Well, the, the end goal is to heal the gut, mm-hmm. right? And the end goal is to find out what created that problem so it doesn't happen again, mm-hmm. right? So you're not on that roller coaster. And the end goal also, I think, for people like me and you who are really into empowering people is learning to have this different relationship with their body, to have this different um, radar with their body so that um, they don't have to look to someone else all the time to figure out what's going on with them. I think a doctor is important, a good, well-trained, functional medicine doctor. Yes, I I, learned that lesson. Yeah. (laughs) I also think having a really good surgeon on speed dial, in case you ever need it, is Mm -hmm. super important. But I also think, you know, we have to learn to be our own doctor. We have to advocate and learn to be able to keep this thing that we carry around every day, all day, our body, in balance and in check. No one else can really do that for us. They can guide us. But at the end of the day, we've really got to be able to do that for ourselves. That's why I like working so much with the warfighter community because they get that intuitively, mm-hmm. instinctively. And um, once they catch on to what the body is saying, they tend to roll with it. Um, I don't find that kind of compliance all the time in the average Joe. Um, but I do find that kind of compliance in someone who was at a spot where you were, where you were like at the end of your rope, mm-hmm. I've got to do something about this. I can't go back to where I was. And the amount of pain, right? Pain is a great motivator for people, unfortunately. It had to get that far for me. Mm-hmm. I felt Now I am more in touch and aware uh, through a lot of things about listening to my body. I think it's easy to become very out of touch and you're like, well, I'll just take some ibuprofen or I'll, you know, I'm fine. This isn't a big deal. I'll just drink some ginger ale. And we ignore and we ignore and we ignore. And I, it was like, my body was basically like shaking me with flashing red lights. Like this, something's wrong. It's talking to you. So now I'm listening, but I, I would think it's safe to say it's probably common that most people try to ignore we've almost become out of touch a little bit with our bodies well we've been given permission right here take this mm-hmm. ignore it right so we've been brainwashed into thinking that we can't ignore it right take some advil take some ibuprofen take a xanax take whatever mm-hmm. right we take those things so that we don't have to deal with what's really happening you remove those things and you're like, okay, I got to deal with this. You know, and, you know, ibuprofen, Advil, all those types of things, biggest, biggest causes of leaky gut. I know. When I, started, I found that out, I, I was like, never again. Advil when I was in high school and would, you know, be that time of the month and mm-hmm. I had horrible cramping. Um, yeah. I use CBD oil now a lot. What like brand Rolons. are you liking? Um, I use Rosebud. Um, one of my friends is actually the creator of it. Nice. So it's a women's owned company. And um, she was just featured in Forbes. Um, very, very um, proud of them. But Rosebud CBD is what I use. And then for topical, I've got some, I believe it's called Tonic Brand. And it's just got like a roll. It's basically just a roll on nice. form. So if I do get really bad cramps or back aches or muscle pain, I just roll it on. and It's great. And I much rather use something like that that's essentially from a plant naturally occurring uh, than you know, be downing Advil on the regular. So absolutely. And always go back to that breath, right? Push Mm -hmm. that breath right to where that pain point is. 
Do you do any sauna or red light therapy or? No, I have heard a lot about this though. What's your, what's your opinion We love on it. That? We have a juve light, Elijah and I at home. Um, we have a sauna and we teach, you know, through our programming at WWS, Warrior Wellness Solutions, we teach all these lifestyle interventions. And so we walk through people um, using all of this equipment and so forth so that they can see, A, how easy it is to just set it up and build it into your daily lifestyle, but also the benefits. What are the benefits of the sauna? And it's, is it an infrared sauna yeah, is what you're supposed infrared. to do? Okay. So you're going down to the cellular level, mm -hmm. right? And you're helping create the reverse action of that inflammation, right? Sweating. Our skin is our largest organ, mm -hmm. right? And just naturally detoxifying and refining balance in the body. And it's a wonderful way to decompress, right? Just having to sit and be still for a little while is really hard for people. That in itself is a practice. Absolutely. You That's know? one of my heart. In my yoga practice, that would be my hardest thing. Yeah. Clearing the mind. Yeah. Well, in the thing I'm trained in some, have you ever heard of I rest yoga nidra? Dr. Mm -hmm. Richard Miller's protocol. I'm trained in, uh, I rest. I love I rest. Um, we have a lot of studies and research on I rest in the military and how effective it is. Um, but that's kind of the point of I rest. Like you don't have to slow it down so much. You've got to witness it, watch it, be aware of it, see, because it's going to pass. Right. And I think that makes it so accessible for so many people to do it, especially men when they hear, oh, I don't have to quiet it down. No, but you do need to watch it. You do need to witness it. You do need to see what's happening, like step back from it. I like that idea. It's I, beautiful. I think I just got very frustrated by the concept of oh, I have to clear and quiet the mind because that, for me, that is Let me know how not going to happen. <laughs> so I think I just got originally very, very frustrated. So that that's really awesome. When you yeah. More into that. Iris is beautiful. Like I always tell people it's my practice of Iris is the goal and what I've been working towards and what's happening is, you know, you could take everything out of this room, put me in it, close the door, reopen the door, throw a can of paint in here and nothing's going to stick. I love that. So then you can really go through your day and not be affected by all the little negative things that are going to pop up because they're going to. You can never stop that. You can never stop it. And if you're talking about military health and you have PTS and you're being triggered or things are happening that are out of your control and you have this tool, this gift. Yeah, this is happening right now, but I don't have to react. This is going to pass. I'm safe. I'm OK. It's huge. That's amazing. One of the other topics I kind of wanted to dive a little bit into since I got permission for us to just do our women's only podcast room. This is so great. Uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> yes. We need to make this a regular thing. I'm so excited. I could talk all day to you. So recently I started when I started reading more about what can cause leaky gut, gut impermeability. I read that hormonal birth control was one of those things. And all of a sudden these little light bulbs started going off. I've been on, I was on birth control for almost 14 years, really young, probably so young that I, you know, I don't even know what a real cycle would be for me. And I, I think it really was, I had such horrible skin issues. That was the solution as a kid. Well, we'll just balance your hormones this way. Your skin will clear up. And in hindsight, I was a kid. 
and I should have just been awkward and acne and it would have been fine. But what that was, it was the that solution. Gluten, that yeah. pasta. So much pasta. God bless my swim coaches. Um, so, and so that's how I thought it was supposed to be. And recently when I went to the doctor, though, I noticed the new thing now is to push uh, IUDs still have hormones and stuff in them. And so I was like, I'm not doing it. So I made the decision four months ago to stop taking hormonal birth control pills and those synthetic hormones as my form of birth control. And it has been quite the experience. So uh, what's your opinion, I guess, on what those synthetic hormones really do to a woman's body? So I think there's a time and a place for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, again, going to the root of why we may need hormone replacement, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement and so forth is is important. I also think the body needs to be balanced and in the 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 terrain needs to be ripe so that those hormones actually can go and do what they need to do and not create another adverse reaction, right? So if you have pathways in the body that aren't open and ready to receive those hormones and do what they need to do, well, then they tend to create bigger issues, right? Oh, okay. This so, makes sense. Yeah. So why it's very important to do something like this under the care of a good physician. Yes. Right? Don't do what I did if you're listening. Well, do what you did. I think you took your health into your own hands. You said, you know, this doesn't feel right. I'm reading this stuff. This makes no sense. I'm stopping this. The next thing would be, okay, let me go find an expert, make sure that I'm setting myself up for success and for my future, right, for the whole cycle of my life um, to unfold the way it's supposed to in the body. Super important. And I know that, um, you know, Dr. Meredith is very open to a bioidentical hormone replacement with women and with men, but she has to make sure that the body's ready. Right. That there's not maybe another reason. Well, and before the, you do the that? body can send it to where it needs to be sent. You know, you don't want to be taking testosterone and it's not able to go where it's supposed to go. And then it gets turned to, right, estrogen, man boobs. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's because the pathway is not open and it's not doing, able to do what it's supposed to be doing. So there's, there's a lot to it. But one of the things um, that I did about, a year ago, is I took that IUD out, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the other thing that I started doing was really questioning, why is it that for this many years, I've allowed myself to feel the only one solely responsible in my relationship to prevent getting pregnant right? or getting pregnant, right? That's out of balance. Why should one person have all that power or the other person not have any of it, right? And so that's kind of the big question that I see come up and the big resistance that I see come up with people when we're suggesting what you did and what I did, which is, yeah, this is not good for my health. This can create a lot of negative reactions in the body and... How does your husband feel about getting a vasectomy or, you know, doing timed, however it is you want to. Yeah. There's so many options. Fertility tracking. There are or, so you know. many options. And how quickly, you know, the resistance comes. 
And I hear the biggest argument I hear is it's less effective. And to a certain degree, I'm sure that's probably true. Like if you're looking at the nitty gritty percentages, but then you also have a lot of options. I think that, um, you know, we talk so much about, oh, women need to do this and women need to be on birth control. Condoms. There's no adverse reaction, maybe unless you're allergic to latex, but there's options for there's that too. Options. So, you know, why do we say all women need to, to take something Who that essentially that can harm? Out? Yeah, probably a lot of men sitting around a table, um, if I had to guess. So, there, you know, you can do tracking and combine other methods too and, and have your own contraceptive plan that's not going to hurt your body. And it was weird. I was in the doctor's office um, and I asked, because I was curious, I had read things about cancer and birth control. And I feel like I didn't get a straight answer. I was told there's no risk. In fact, it might be better for you because your hormones will now be always stable. How do you, you know, and that's great in theory, but that's like a blanket statement. Yes. Right. So what if you're estrogen dominant or what if you're like, that is a really blanket statement. There are a lot of women who have PCOS, right? And there's no way that that statement would work for them. And so I also think a lot of conventional doctors know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And they've only been trained. They're not time. Medicine is moving so fast, right? Technology is moving so fast that if my doctor's not out there continually keeping up with what's happening, yeah, they're going to get left in the dust too. And they're going to think that what they were taught 20 years ago is still okay. And we have all this now new research and data to say, no, that's kind of old, old medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also, you know, another thing that's super important when you're looking for a competent, well-versed healthcare provider, you know, what are they doing to keep up? Right. Right. How are they keeping themselves inspired and educated and on the cutting edge of what's happening? Right. We look at what's happening with genetic testing right now, and we know so little, but it's showing so much. I can't imagine in a year how much more is going to be revealed. The stuff is like moving at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Totally. Yeah. One of the things I also thought was weird in the, you know, 14 years or so that I was on hormonal birth control pills, never once did they test my hormone levels to see what I actually needed. It was a, let's try this pack and see if this works. I thought that was a little interesting. No one was really looking at what my levels were and if I needed a different dosage. It was just a guessing game. Totally. And I went through the same thing. And I went through it a lot alone because, you know, how old are you? I'm 28. I'm turning 29 next week. Oh, you're a baby. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm in my mid 40s. So no one talked about this stuff. Right. Right. The things I talked to my daughter about today. Right. Like even I'm like, wow, (laughs) we've come a long way. (laughs) Um, My mother would never like all this stuff I dealt with on my own, which meant I was at the mercy of some doctor who didn't ask enough questions Mm -hmm. and had no idea of my own personal unique history. I'm never even asked. It was just handed here, take these. Right. Right. And I didn't know any better. And I knew, oh, I have no one to talk to this about. Okay, I'll take these. You're my doctor. Right. I'm supposed to trust you. I'm supposed to trust you. You know what you're doing. And I shudder when I think about 
the different types of hormones I've put in my body over the years because it was a guessing game. It was like Russian roulette. Well, let's mm-hmm. try that. That didn't work. Give it more time. Right. <laughs> right. No, this is not working. So, you know, and I thought even not long ago, like, okay, IUD is the way to go. Right. IUD is the way to go. I had so many adverse reactions to my IUD. Did you do the copper or the hormonal one? The hormonal. The Mirena. I had a Mirena. Well, they say it's lower it dose and everything else. And I just, it's like, I don't, yeah, I didn't want to do it. And I also was scared of it being painful. Yeah. But I've heard the copper actually can cause issues, even though if you want a more natural option, it can cause some imbalances with the zinc and things. Yeah. So I didn't even want to go that route. Uh, I thought that was really interesting how that all works. Well, and you're young. Are you married yet? I'm not. Okay. So you're young. You're, you need to prep your body, get it ready, nice and healthy and strong. Yeah. 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 So it's great. And, you know, our hormones do change, you know, um, just from being A, a woman, but also B, the stressors, environmental, right? All these things, even the fact that you had this sensitivity, this gluten and dairy, that created a ripple effect in the body. Right. So I do think what you're doing right now by just I'm pulling everything out. Let me start from a clean slate and then let's see what's happening is really smart. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you will find if you look more and more women who are gynecologists who are now splitting from traditional medicine and doing more functional gynecology, these sorts of things where they're really teaching women about sleep. Nutrition, mm-hmm. hydration, exercise, how that that affects our hormones. Uh, one of the other interesting things I found, I read this book. I wish I could remember the full title. It was called Moody Bitches. I haven't read it, but I've heard about it. That was one of the things that really started blowing my mind. It was talking about the endocannabinoid system and, and synthetic birth control and everything we do. And for some reason, we have this idea of in women, hormone balance is the goal. But actually, this book brought this up, and I love it. They're like, part of the beauty of being a woman is that you do have these fluctuation in hormones. And so times of the month, you're going to be more intuitive. And there's all these gifts. And if we looked at it that way, maybe we would feel, wouldn't feel this need to almost mute and baseline everything. Well, they've robbed us of all the beauty of womanhood, like when the red tent days, right? Yeah. If you think about connection is secure, right? And not having to run from or be shunned from what your body is naturally doing on its own, right? That creates more life, right? We, the only, I don't see any men being able to deliver babies into the world. Sorry, guys, right? <laughs> you can do all kinds of awesome other things, but that's a pretty big skill set we have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And so if you think about that our whole life, we've been taught to suppress that skill set, that just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It was also a realization when I was on the pill that for a week, it wasn't even a true menstruation cycle. It was a withdrawal bleed because I was tricking my body into not having these hormones and having these other hormones. I was like, what on earth? So it's kind of been a journey to be like, for me, I started so young. I'm like, what is, what is being a woman for me? I don't know. This is a whole new journey. And it's been hard because I have had a lot of side effects. I've been losing like fistfuls of hair. I didn't realize just how the synthetic hormones can drop certain things like B vitamins and zinc. 
And then when you take away what your body's used to having for me for so long, the rebound was bad. And I've been trying to do an anti-inflammatory diet and things on my own and avoiding my triggers and it wasn't enough. And so I reached out and realized I needed to supplement my diet because I simply because it's just such a hard rebound. I needed these additional nutrients for some time. So that was that's a big thing. And I have just started that process. That's but. great. Great. Did you have some uh, standard blood test drawn? I did not. So I see. I'm just be... kind of playing a guessing game. I need to do it the right way. You need to come see us. I do. Come to Carolina Total Wellness. Come see us and, yeah, run some conventional labs that just show where your mineral, vitamin, any deficiencies might be, right, so that we can kind of look at that. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at where your intestinal permeability is right now. That's the one I'm most curious about. Yeah, I am too. I'm really curious to see that in you. And... um, thyroid seeing where your thyroid's at what's it doing right now doesn't birth control affect your thyroid as well yeah yeah so what is it how does it interfere well you've got when everything is mumbled up and confused of where it's supposed to be going and then you pull it out and it's like oh I was going over there but now am I supposed to be going this way for you right now what you're doing is great just kind of reset Mm -hmm. right be still for a little bit, reset, and then see where's your functioning baseline. Mm-hmm. And then you move from there, right? And just because your functioning baseline right now might be, you know, at this level, once we work on it and the body starts to know it is being repaired and restored and rejuvenated, right, it, it'll start to build itself back up to where it needs to be. And it's always changing, Right. It's going to change by the stress in your life. It's going to change by how much sleep you're getting. Mm-hmm. Right. When's the last time you took a vacation? Right. I think a lot of this gets all jumbled together, too, because I thought, well, I feel inflamed and bloated and miserable. I'm going to go burn it down in the gym because that's, you know, that'll make me feel better. And I'll, you know, and I think it just was adding too much stress to the system that was already stressed. And it was disaster so that's another thing I'm trying to pay attention to is what was your workout like I was doing traditional CrossFit barbell stuff because we didn't have our facility here so I was just doing traditional CrossFit it was funny we have a massage therapist come that sounded really bougie but welcome to soft lead (laughs) HQ um they our bosses really value our our health and so appreciate kind of a holistic perspective and she started looking at my back and shoulders she's like you have some really weird muscle muscle imbalances you need to stop throwing a barbell around until you fix these imbalances or you're gonna hurt yourself massage therapist I was like okay so I did switch and now I do soft weight programming designed to help for that we have a program for that um and I'm just and I'm also not doing I think we have this idea of oh well it's written I need to work out five days a week and I'm not listening to that right now I'm going through the program at my own pace and trying to listen to my own body and recovery and stress levels some days I just need a freaking bubble bath some hot tea maybe a little glass of red wine and like I'm trying to be mindful of I don't need to burn it down and follow a schedule instead listen to myself and my stress and recovery yeah you can't always be on high right what comes up must come down so especially when the body is fighting off any type of inflammation, 
right? Doing something really intense is only going to intensify that. So then you're talking about driving cortisol up, right? We don't want to do that. So I think it's beautiful that, A, you had someone confirm, right? Like you need to have some balance here, right? What are you doing restorative as well to counteract this other piece that you're doing? And also that it's okay to take a break, like this old dogma of if it's not, you know, an hour and if it's not pushing it to the max all the time, then it doesn't count. You know, I I don't know who made up that lie either. I find that the people that learn how to create more balance in their overall day-to-day routine, whether it's with balance and sleep, balance with their nutrition, balance with their workout, right? Have this balance where some days are hard, some days are soft, Mm -hmm. right? They tend to, A, look younger. They tend to, yeah, we all do, (laughs) last longer. They tend to have a more stable mood, right? And they tend to perform better overall, Mm -hmm. right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the more we can talk about that, and that's for especially for men, that it's okay to have a rest day. It's okay to have a restorative day. I think rest, they're kind of used to hearing that, but restorative. They always use the term active recovery. Yeah. Why does it have to be active? Or something. Yeah. I like the restorative day better because they'll write like, go hiking for 30 minutes. Go on a walk. No, do yoga nidra. Do I rest? I need to, I need to look into this. I uh, recently got back into yoga practice and every time I'm done, I'm like, why don't I do this more? I feel so good. We all say that. I need to do this more. (laughs) So that's another really thing. What kind of yoga have you been doing? I've been doing a lot of vinyasa flow because for me, clearing the mind is hard, but through movement, like meditation through movement, I can do that. I can, I can just focus on my movement and I'm not thinking and kind of just I don't know. Well, in traditional yoga, that's why we do asana movement, right? It's to prepare the body so that the mind can get what it needs. And when it's done that way, it's beautiful, right? But there's also a lot of value in to just like sit, be still, lay down and see what happens. Um, That's a practice. (laughs) That's definitely a practice. I used to sit there and make a grocery list in my head. But now I am trying to be aware when the thoughts come and just let them go. And it, it is like you mentioned earlier, it's okay to let them come and go. They're okay that they're there. Yeah. Just be aware. Yeah. That stuff has to get done, right? But does it need to get done right now while I'm on my mat? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> you mentioned you do yoga with veterans. What do you do with that? Is that a charity you mentioned? So we have, Elijah and I started Warrior Wellness Solutions in 2009, and we provide Uh, functional medicine, health coaching, rehabilitative exercise, and mindfulness training for wounded, ill, and injured service members and their children and their caregivers and family members. That's awesome. Yeah. So a lot of times when we first start working with someone, yoga and meditation is a really good entry point, right? And not even so much like yoga, come to your mat, let's move, but more like yoga, come to your mat and like, just let it all hang out. Right. Because usually by the time a warfighter's gotten to us, they've exhausted the system. Mm -hmm. So 
they're pretty exhausted and they're pretty hopeless and they're pretty frustrated. And so before you can really do anything, right, we just need to let's just walk through that and release some of that because now you're going to get what you need. Right. So lay it down. And some of the best ways that we have found to do that is through, you know, just common connection and through meditation and just easy, simple breath work. Right. And the difference that you can see in someone in five minutes of breath work, it's so freaking amazing. You know, it, it's you can't bottle up breath work, though, and sell it, can you? If you could, if you'd you could, be a rich woman, right? <laughs> right. But you can't. And that's OK. Um, it's free. You can access it anywhere, anytime, any place. And for me, that's like money. That is the most what else can you say is available that you can literally have when you need it on demand. That's a really incredible way to think about it. My mind is blown right now. I love it's that. freaking huge. Mm-hmm. It's powerful and it's transformative and it totally allows you to be in control. Right. Which is the thing everyone wants. Right. They just want to be in control. Well, mm-hmm. you can. You can be in control of your breath and then have the ripple effect of being able to really then get down and do the work to get better. And so I have a hard time, and I don't know why, <laughs> teaching yoga to the general public. <laughs> I just do. And people ask me all the time, will you come teach? I'm like, nope. Is it a veteran class? Okay. <laughs> I also love to teach. Um, I'm a Y12SR leader, yoga of the 12 steps. And so that's a really meaningful, awesome practice. And so the format for that is a group share. Like people come in and it could be addiction from anything, alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, the addiction to the way you perceive your own reality, food, like so many different things. And that's Mm -hmm. the other reason I love that modality because it's not closed. Like it's not just for alcoholics. It's not just for drug addicts. It's not just for whatever. It's like, no, right? We're all got something that we're trying, that we're fighting against. Mm -hmm. And you come in and you kind of sit and there's a format and you go through a share for about 45 minutes to an hour and then we move to a yoga practice and I just love the way that's set up so that you know your mind and your heart get a chance to do what it needs to do and then you can move it through the body and release it and do the breath work and do the meditation and it is money that sounds extremely powerful it's so exciting and powerful I love it I love it. I'm going to be teaching a class this Saturday to um, a local woman's house, so a recovery house for Mm -hmm. women. And um, I'll go in. We'll do about two hours together. And um, being able to share that practice with that demographic, too, where they would have never been exposed or have access to something is great. Um, It's really meaningful. I love it. That's amazing. You're like so kind and I love hearing about your experiences and everything you do. It just sounds like you have an incredible life and your work and what you do. Thank you. 
I really think we should do a part two to this episode. Okay, let's do it. And we should see, we should we should follow up because I really do need to do what you're telling me to do. So let's do that. Let's make a plan, right? Like you're going to, we'll make a plan and then we'll follow up and share what's happened. Yeah. I think people need to talk about this stuff more. I think when it comes to gut health, maybe people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about this because it's weird or you know whatever i i don't care as a dietitian i'm very comfortable talking about bowel movements and everything else and i think we need to talk about gut health much more we do and i think we especially need to talk about women's health and uh it's it's okay to just kind of embrace it and talk about it and be open because if we share our experiences maybe we can help someone else in a little way absolutely and i think it's super important to know right what your body's doing and to be able to look in the toilet and know like yeah that poop (laughs) There's something wrong with that. I've said that to the boys before and they're like real. They just crack up like fifth graders. I'm like, I'm serious. They tell you a lot. I have a whole chart. I'll bring it next time. So I ask, I have 17. Oh God, they're 17 now. December 9th, they turned 17. I have 17 year old twins, Grace and Gabe. And I started to ask them when they'd come out of the bathroom. I'm like, what were you doing? And they're they're like, taking a shit, mom. (laughs) Like, what did it look like? They're like, mom. I'm like, seriously, you got to know what it looks like so that you know if you're sick one day, like you're sick. Yeah. Or what's normal. And so just passing these little things on that are huge, right, to our children are so important. And as silly as it sounds, it's something that you have accessible to you to tell first so you know what your body's doing and listening to your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. I need to get one of those framed and hang in the bathroom and see if anyone notices. Just you This should. is my contribution to our healthy office, holistic health environment. I think it's great. We're going to do we, it. We, you and I can sign it. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. And we are definitely going to have to have a follow up. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Brooke. We're awesome. Bye, everyone. <laughs>